Father, we do uh, just lift up this time, and God, I do pray that you would bless this time, Lord, that we would learn from you and, and just have the joy of knowing you and serving you. And God, I do uh, ask as we look at this, so again, it wouldn't be, man, we're just reading that story over again and we know about it, but God, it would be you speaking to us. Thank you that we have this time where we can set aside in our world, our, our busy world, to just focus on the fact that you decided to invade our world, to come and to redeem us. And Lord, there's, it's easy to say, but it's so, so true, there's no God like our God. And Lord, we just thank you for that. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we just pray that tonight as we, as we look at this, again, a familiar place, you would just speak to our hearts and encourage us. So, Lord, give us ears to hear, I pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I, I think, you know, I think for most of us, I, I love Christmas. I think, listen, I think we're celebrating, you know, maybe one of three of the greatest events in human history, right? Obviously, Jesus had to come, and then the other great events, he died on the cross, then he rose again on the third day. So we're looking at that stuff that is in some ways mind-boggling. I think I've, I've had the privilege of going a lot of places in the world, seeing a lot of different religions up close and personal, person. And, and here's the thing, man, there's no God like our God. Our God invaded our world. He decided to do that. And I've watched people on the Ganges River trying to get their God's attention. I've seen people at the Emerald Buddha in, in Thailand trying to get their God's attention. They do some really weird things. And just then I've been with some uh, uh, tribal people in Mexico trying to do weird things. Hey, and our God reached out of heaven to get our attention. And so that's what we're kind of we're going to kind of start tonight. We're going to look at the beginning of that, how he got Mary's attention. And so, you know, because I'm so creative, I came up with the title Mary, did you know? Cuz I ripped that off from somebody. So, because I'm the creative pastor. But hey, you got to think about, man, listen, so far, so here's what's happened. As God gets ready to invade our world, first he talks, and we're not going to look at that in depth. You can read the beginning of, of Luke chapter 1, where he sends Gabriel. Gabriel makes the announcement to Zechariah, right? John the Baptist's dad tells him that Elizabeth is going to be pregnant. You go through all of that, and here's what I think. Like, I think Gabriel's been waiting like thousands of years to be able to do this, and this is his time to shine. Like he's got you know, a four-month period where he gets a woo-hoo. And so he shows up, he tells Zechariah, Zechariah and him have a conversation. Zechariah kind of blows it. And then Gabriel goes away, Zechariah goes home, lets Elizabeth know. So that's going on. Then, three months or six months later, he shows up and look at, look at verse 26. Now in the sixth month, and that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, okay? That's where that's coming from. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth. Now, here's what I think is kind of important. Number one, you know, we're given the time frame according to Elizabeth. That's kind of weird, right? But then, listen, but then he makes it very specific that, hey, a city in Galilee named Nazareth. You know what that tells me? Like nobody knew where Nazareth was. 
right? If you would have just said he went to Nazareth, people would go, where's that? Like, what kind of town is that? It's fascinating to me how God uses the very ordinary, kind of even hitting, put away things to do extraordinary things, right? And, and again, we, we looked in the book of John how, you know, uh, Nathaniel said, did anything good ever come out of Nazareth, right? So it wasn't a, it was like a, a podunk, nothing town. And so Gabriel shows up there, and then look at verse 27. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. So as we get into this, I want us to notice that in this verse, Twice it says virgin. There are those who do not believe in the virgin birth. I was reading one commentary this week, and, and uh, he said, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if you believe in it or not. And I thought, no, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> you know, because it does matter. And why would it be emphasized here? We're going to find out it's emphasized not just here. It keeps being emphasized in this passage. Now, I know enough to know that that specific Greek word does not necessarily mean virgin, but it means a young woman of, of age who, in their culture, was expected to be a virgin, right? And the way it says it twice. Now I know in, in, uh, uh, when, when, uh, in Isaiah, we're gonna look at that in a moment. In Isaiah, I know that it says virgin, and the Hebrew word means virgin. So I think she was a virgin. I don't think it would have been brought up twice. If it's just a young woman, why would he bring it up twice? But Luke brings up twice, right? This young woman betrothed to a man uh, whose name was Joseph. Now, Christmas Eve, we're going to look at Joey and kind of what happened with him. But man, listen, she was betrothed. And I want to emphasize that. Once again, we'll emphasize it on, again on Saturday night. Being betrothed was as binding as marriage in their day. Betrothals lasted about a year. That's just kind of weird to me to think about. But it lasted a year, and it was as binding as marriage. So here's the thing, man. She is with this guy. They're bound together, right? And it was, it was extremely important. I'm going to bring it up later, but you can write down Deuteronomy 22. Talks about all this. Hey, if she was unfaithful, we just looked at the book of John, what happens when you're unfaithful? Death, right? You get stoned. So Luke lays all that out for us. Oh, and by the way, Luke is a, physici a physician, that word. He's a doctor. He's a physician. He's writing this. I think Luke would know the difference between virgin and just a young woman, right? So he's laying all that out. He's letting us know she's betrothed to this guy named Joseph. So Imagine, imagine you're married, you're just going about your day, right? You're between 12 and probably 16. You're going about your day, just doing your day thing, and then all of a sudden, this angel shows up. Wow, would that freak you out? Listen, so it tells us, and verse 28, and having come in, so I'm kind of thinking she's at her house, right? And I don't think he knocked, right? Anybody home, right? And it says, and having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So <laughs> listen, the angel shows up and tells her she is highly favored. Some of the translations say full of grace. 
And listen, when it says that, I know that, uh, you know, in the Catholic Church, they have the whole thing, Hail Mary, Mother of God, full of grace. And full of grace doesn't mean, and highly favored here, doesn't mean she had that to give out. It means she was full of grace given to her from God not to give out as their dogma teaches. So listen, man, but just imagine that greeting. You're this young lady. You're, you know, you're probably pretty stoked, right? Don't most young ladies get pretty stoked on their engagement and getting married and stuff and kind of a woo-hoo time and you're kind of like going about life and then all of a sudden this dude shows up, right? And he gives you that kind of announcement, like, Excuse me? Oh, by the way, Mary was not a well-known person, right? She's not like somebody real important. She's living in Podunk, Nazareth, right? So it's, again, amazing. So here's what God says, man. You are highly favored one, and he says, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Women, wouldn't that be awesome to hear, right? Yeah, this young lady, and, and something I think we also need to realize the Jews believed in Isaiah, and they believed in Isaiah chapter 7 that the virgin would be with child. I don't know if they totally comprehended and figured that out, but all young women, man, they wanted to be that person, right? So now you have this guy showing up, saying this stuff to you, and then it says when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. I bet she was. She's like freaking out, right? She's troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. So then in verse 30, it says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now, listen, man, I read this and I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of interesting, right? So here's what that tells me. When he says, don't be afraid, that tells me she was much afraid, right? And the angel's detecting that, so they're kind of going through. And I think we've got to get into the drama a little bit. I think here's this young lady thinking, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Why would you show up and say those things to me? And why, why here, I'm in Nazareth, I'm nobody, right? I'm not anybody important, I'm not anybody special. It's not like I have a great, you know, great knowledge of spiritual things. I'm just trying to do life. And I'm really excited because I'm getting married. And it sounds to me like you might be messing that up. Right? Kind of type thing. So, so telling her he's, she's uh, uh, highly favored, don't be afraid. And then he says this, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call, might underline that, call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. So now listen, she's, he's letting her know, here's what's going to happen. You're going to conceive and you're going to, you know, in your womb, you're going to bring forth a son and you're going to call his name Jesus. So I think it's interesting that word call there. Not necessarily going to name him Jesus. You're going to call his name Jesus, which Jesus is, you know, the, the Greek and the anglicized or American English for Joshua or Hebrew Yeshua, which means God saves, right? So, so man, you're, here's what you're going to call. This is going to do. This sounds an awful lot like, you know, uh, Isaiah 7, the virgin will be with child. She will give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel, God with us. 
right? So kind of, I'm wondering if she's starting to process this now. This is a little bigger than I thought it was, right? This is like really huge. Why is he saying these things to me? Oh, and he goes a little bit further. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Now he's going further and further. Are you kind of getting, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking she's starting to realize, uh, <clears throat> this is huge. And again, according to Samuel and Psalms, listen, it says he's going to sit on his throne, the throne of his father David. Oh, and he will reign over the house of Israel, verse 33. I'm sorry, the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there'll be no end. That is a lot, right? Second Samuel talks about the Messiah coming, sitting on David's throne. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Mary's starting to put it together. I think he's talking about the Messiah. And again, you're a good Jewish person. You're looking for the Messiah, right? And yet, as a 12 to 15-year-old girl who's engaged, who's betrothed to get married, you're not like looking that hard, right? So he announces all these things, and he's letting her know all these things. And man, I think, I think it's a little bit much to process. Think about, again, we know the story, Right? But put yourself in this young woman's or young girl even position of getting that dumped on you. You haven't read the rest of the book. You don't understand everything. You just hear what's coming your way. What are you gonna do? And what are you gonna do? She's a believer, obviously, a Jewish believer. But let's bring it in our day. What are you gonna do, Christian? If God comes and brings that kind of news to you and it's starting to me to disrupt your world a little bit and I believe, listen, I believe she understood when he says, behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. I think she's like putting it together. Not a year from now or six months from now. You're talking about right now, right now. Right? It's, it's now and this doesn't make a lot of sense to me and my life is pretty precious, pretty good right now. And I think you're kind of invading my world and you're kind of taking us in a direction maybe I didn't choose to go. So she, again, I think she's trying to process all that and bring that together. And then, listen, and then she says in verse 34, then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? Oh, you see, there's the problem. How can this be? Now, why is this, why is this whole virgin? Here's what Mary says. I'm going to put it this way. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Why is the virgin thing so important? Well, back in Genesis chapter 3, at the fall in 3.15, he cursed, God cursed the serpent and said that the woman's seed will crush your head. That's the first prediction of the Messiah. And so, I don't know if you guys know this, women don't have seed, right? So, he's letting us know about the virgin birth, and it's important. Listen, I believe it's extremely important for those reasons, but Mary's trying to process this. I'm about to get married, I'm betrothed, and I understand what you just said. I'm gonna get pregnant, not tomorrow, but right now. And right now doesn't work out well for me. Right? Like right now, your timing's off. 
How about we wait about five, six, seven months? How about, how about after Joey and I get married? Then I don't mind conceiving. But I'm thinking conceiving right now, that's going to like mess up my world. Have you ever thought of, I mean, you know, we're kind of we're laughing, looking at, have you ever thought of the dilemma this young lady's having? It's huge. Because God's not asking her just to bring forth a son. He's asking her to do it in the midst of a whole bunch of backlash, a whole bunch of people coming against her, people talking about her, a whole bunch of, let's just be honest, disgrace, things going on, and maybe even her husband. Hey, as we look at this and think about this, it tells us, listen, in Deuteronomy chapter 22, we talked again about how in Deuteronomy 22, it says they're to be put to death. And here's what, here's what she's looking at. People are going to think I committed adultery. I can be put to death. I have been reading about Joey. And Joey's not real happy when he gets this news. Now, he doesn't know right now yet, but he's going to know. By Saturday night, he's going to know. <laughs> so listen, man, he, she's trying to think about, think about putting all that together. You were looking at this beautiful, bright future, right? Almost anybody I know who's engaged, all they can think about is what's coming and how beautiful it's going to be. And she's looking at all that, and now you got this angel showing up at your house, like giving you great news or scary news, frightening news. Why would you say those things to me? So she, again, I think when she says, man, how can this be? I don't know a man. Earlier, when Zechariah was told that Elizabeth was going to be pregnant, remember, he kind of started arguing with Gabriel. And Gabriel says, dude, you've like taken it too far. You're going to be mute till the baby's born, right? You guys know that story. So he kind of got in trouble. And people go, how come Mary didn't get in trouble? Mary didn't say, you're off your rocker. Mary said, I can't put this together because I'm a virgin. How is, how is that going to work? Here's the thing. Like the virgin birth is hard to understand, right? At least pretend it is. <laughs> Mary didn't even get it. Are you understanding? Mary didn't understand. And so we shouldn't be shocked that it's kind of a difficult thing to put together. Mary, in the midst of it, the one who it's going to happen to, she's going, I don't really get what you're talking about and you're really scaring me bad and I don't think we should go there right I'm, I'm thinking right now she's going I don't really like it so how's this going to be since I don't know a man verse 35 and the angel answered and said to her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you therefore also the Holy One who is, who, uh, is to be born will be called the Son of God. Again, important. So listen, here's what he's telling her. There's not going to be this mythological, you know, God's having intercourse with women type thing. The Holy Spirit overshadow you. He's going to come. And it's that same terminology is used when uh, there's the, the uh, Holy Spirit or God it comes into the temple. It's also used at the Mount of Transfiguration where it's that overshadowing. So it's kind of that. It's this overwhelming presence. Now, now here's the thing. Wasn't the Holy Spirit 
involved in creation? Yeah. Read your Bibles. If you don't believe me, check out Genesis chapter 1. So he's involved. Hey, if the Holy Spirit was involved at creation and could create life and everything else, can't he be involved in this creation and create life in Mary's womb without the weirdness, right? He's the Holy Spirit. So this is what the angel's saying. Hey, Mary, the Holy Spirit, he's going to do this. And, and again, for us, we can kind of theologically, we can kind of get into it. But I'm not a young girl, 12, you know, or let's say 14, 15, 16 years old, and I just got all this news laid on me. And then on top of that, you're going to tell me, hey, it's going to be this miraculous work and the Holy Spirit's going to come and create life in me. I'm not sure I'm up for that if I'm that young lady. Right? We read it and we go, come on, man. She should understand. Why should she understand? No virgin has ever gotten pregnant before by the Holy Spirit. It's not something, and again, you got to think about, and, and listen, I know people are kind of going, well, she should understand. Why? Right? So then, here's what I love, man. Gabriel's such a good guy. Because he can know, like, I think he's looking at her going, this poor girl is freaking out, man. She is going to pass out. You know, she's like looking around, looking at things, wondering what's going on. So he, here's what he says. Here's a little comforting. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Do you hear what he's saying? Hey, you think this is hard? Look what he did for Elizabeth. Now, I'm not sure she knew this yet. I don't know if she knew it or not. It's a six-month, so maybe. But you have to remember, Elizabeth lived like 70 miles away, and they didn't have Internet access back then, right? Well, especially in Nazareth, they had nothing. So, you know, listen, and so you gotta, you got to think that way. So I don't know what she knew about Elizabeth, but what is he telling her? He's giving her some, something to put her faith in. God said this, now let me give you something tangible that's happening. Elizabeth, your relative, she's pregnant and she's conceived in her old age and he says this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. So here's what he's saying. Hey, God did this for Elizabeth. And she's going, okay, that still doesn't really fix things because she's an old lady. And yeah, whoopee for her. But what are you gonna do in my life, right? I mean, I'm, I gotta be honest. Have you ever been in a position where you feel like God's asked you to do something really difficult? And you're trying to figure it out and you're trying to put it together? And we have to walk by faith, don't we? Doesn't it tell us to walk by faith, not by sight? And there are times where we have to step out, well, God, I don't quite understand. And God does not always expect us to understand every detail. He expects us to trust him. So he says, hey, Elizabeth, in her old age, she's pregnant, so there's a little, there's something. And here's what I found. God always gives us something to hang on to, right? There's something you can grab a hold of, Mary. Get a hold of that. And then, he, and then, then here's what he closes with. For with God, nothing is, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Yes. And then here's what I'm thinking. That's all well and good, but I'm not sure I want to walk this walk, Right? We still haven't resolved the fact I'm a virgin, I'm going to be pregnant, and I'm betrothed. 
None of that's like helping me. And so listen, so then we got to be Mary like, look at Mary, man. She blows my mind. Then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Wow. Do you hear what Mary just said? Let's do this. I don't understand everything. I can't quite put it together, but let's go ahead and do it. Let's see what happens. Man, that's faith, right? But listen carefully. It's not blind faith. He gave her that little bit of light, Elizabeth. Remember Elizabeth. Remember your, your, your relative. I don't know if she was like a cousin or something, but she's a relative. Remember her. And Mary's going, okay, let's do this. I think she's still freaking out. I think she's really scared. I think her heart's ready to jump out of her, out of her throat. I think she's like panicking. What am I going to do? Who's going to tell Joey? That's coming. Going to come Saturday. <laughs> What's going to happen? I mean, there, there's a lot going on, right? So what do you do? Here's the thing. If you're Mary, I know most of you know the story. Quit reading. What do you do? Do you go talk to your parents? I mean, you got something huge going on. Do you go talk to Joey? Do you go talk to your rabbi? (laughs) I mean, you got to think, right? What? What direction do I, I mean, you just got, in in one sense, you just got the greatest news of the world. In another sense, you got the worst possible news you could ever hear. And how how do you process, where do you go, what do you do? I love the idea, number one, she says, okay, let's do this, you know, to the the angel, let's do this, I'm ready, I can can do this. I'm thinking, man, you're you're pretty brave, lady. And again, she's not even really a lady, right? So she's gonna do it. And then verse 39, Mary arose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city in Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. So what did she do? She said, I know where I want to go. I want to go talk to Liz. And I want to see what she has to say. That's pretty good, huh? There's one person, who's the one person I can trust with this information? Because I know if I tell my parents, they're not gonna understand. I mean, you're not gonna go home and say, Mom, Dad, I'm pregnant. And it's not Joey. It's God. I mean, you know, I mean, we joke about it, and I kind of joke, but what a dilemma. And if you go talk to, is Joey gonna understand? And here's what I think. She knows there's one person, there's one person in this whole area who will understand. So I'm willing to go 70, 80, maybe 100 miles and go find her. And she lived in Judea, Judea in that hill country. So she's up, in, she's, you know, up north in Galilee. Now she goes to this hill country. She enters the house of Zacharias. She greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Woo, hallelujah, right? Now, I know who's in her womb. Johnny, right? John the Baptist. Like, Mary shows up, John the Baptist is, woo in her womb. 
I kind of like that, right? At six months, and I don't know a lot about pregnancy. I've never had to carry a child. But I think six months, they kind of start moving a little bit. But I don't think they're jumping around in there. But this one says he's like totally stoked. John the Baptist is stoked. Now think about, think about later on when John the Baptist says how, what a great blessing it is for his position, right? He goes, hey, the bridegroom gets the bride. All I got to do is be here. And now, why did he jump for joy? Because Jesus just entered that room. Right? And he's like, woo. And, and I love this idea. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have read, and John the Baptist, this was filled from the Holy Spirit from conception. And now, Elizabeth is filled. Maybe he like spilled out in her or something. Now she's filled with it, and you got a little, you got a little Pentecostal hallelujah party going on here, right? They're kind of excited. And they're and all all Mary did was walk in and say, hi. And they're going, woohoo, yes. And they're stoked about things. And it's not a big party, but it's a party, right? And hey, I love this. And then it says, and then she spoke out with a loud voice. Notice that. I think this is important. She spoke out with a loud, she didn't just whisper this. Listen to her voice. Now, think about it. What does Elizabeth know? Nothing. She wasn't there with Mary. Mary all Mary did was come in and go, hi. Little Johnny, whoo in the womb. She's filled with the Holy Spirit. So here's what this is telling me. God revealed to Elizabeth what was going on. Right? And so Elizabeth gets this information and so with a loud voice, I'm wondering if she did it with a loud voice so maybe the neighbors could hear. I don't think she's thinking the parents can hear because they're all the way back in Nazareth. I don't think it was loud enough to carry 70 miles. But with a loud voice, she said, blessed are you among women, women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Now, before we move on, I just want to talk, talk about that for a moment. Because sometimes as Protestants or whatever you want to call us, we react way too far against what I consider some of the bad teaching of Catholicism about Mary. Mary's not equal with God. Mary's not a perpetual virgin. Mary wasn't conceived uh, miraculously. She's just an ordinary young lady getting ready to get married. But now she becomes an extraordinary lady. And sometimes our overreaction is we just put her on the shelf and not worry about it. Elizabeth, what did Elizabeth just say? Hey, you're blessed among women. What did Elizabeth understand? Remember, they really believed Isaiah Chapter 7, that the virgin would be with child, and now here's what Elizabeth, yes, you're the one, you're the one that God has chosen. You're the one to carry the child. Oh, and she is the mother of Jesus, not the mother of God. So it's important. So right, so you have all that going on. So here's Elizabeth like, woohoo, man, look what's happening to you. And she said that in a very loud voice, and then she goes on to say, But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Here's what she's going, what are you doing here? And I think Mary's going, I just said hi. (laughs) 
what's going on with you? You're freaking me out, Liz. And Liz is going, <laughs> and then listen. And then verse 44, for indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ear, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. She knew what was going on. Hey, she knew the difference from a child just kicking and stuff and a child jumping up and down. So again, I mean, that had, to be, that had to be a weird experience for Elizabeth, right? It's like, man, I can't believe this just happened. And then verse 45, this is all Elizabeth, right? She's going on and on. And Elizabeth uh, said, blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fullness of those things which were told her from the Lord, or fulfillment of the things told her from the Lord. Man, and she doesn't know what was said, but she is one happy, stoked lady. So here's what I want us to think about. Number one, I want us to think about the faith of Mary. Again, that's some incredible stuff going on and some crazy stuff where she, you know, it's hard for us to imagine going through this and not knowing the end. We know the end. We know it's all good. She hasn't done that yet. She hasn't read that. She hasn't lived that. She hasn't been there. The faith of Mary, I think, is incredible. As she is saying, okay, I'm gonna trust you, God. And we need, God, we need that kind of faith today in our world and in our lives. We need to be people that even when we can't understand, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it scares us beyond all uh, imagination, we need to say, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you. And that's hard. That's called faith. I, I remember years ago hearing Chuck Smith say, if walking by faith was easy, everyone would be doing it. But it's hard. So we have to trust him. And you have this young lady. I, I don't know about you guys, but I gotta be really honest. I get a little jealous. I mean, she's a teenager, and she's going, okay, Lord, let it be done unto me, whatever you say. Have you ever uttered those words so that's gonna and then and then here's what I love I love the faith of Elizabeth you might say what kind of faith did she have look at that greeting she just did right and all Mary did was say hi and look at that greeting she trusted and wanted to see the Lord move in a mighty way so hey we're celebrating Christmas and again great holiday I love Christmas not just for the you know, the whole gift exchange thing, although that's fine. But I love it because, man, my God invaded my world and it all started right here. Well, it kind of started with John the Baptist, but it started here with Mary. And Mary now is gonna process that. Hey, for homework, you can read the Song of Mary. I was gonna do that, but you guys can do that. You can read that on your own. It's kind of sweet to sit down and just be quiet and read that. And so here's the thing. Mary just got this information. It's Thursday. She went and talked to Elizabeth. I did read ahead, and she kind of stays there until almost a baby's delivered. So between Thursday night and Saturday, we're going to go about probably three months in Bible time. Saturday night, we're going to look at another guy who's got to face the same dilemma from a different perspective. And then Sunday morning, we're gonna have a baby. 
We're going to do it, okay? So we're going to kind of go that direction. So you guys got to come for all three, right? You can't just like skip. I, I don't mean all three weekends. I mean tonight, one of the Saturday, and then Sunday. Because, again, we forgot to tell people it's going to be two different messages. And some of you are thinking, man, now I got to come Sunday too. It's okay to, wor- it's okay to worship God on Christmas. Just thought I'd let you know, right? Not a, it's not a bad thing. So, but as we get ready to go, let's think about, let's think about our own lives. And I believe if you're here tonight and you're born again, you've taken a step, you've taken a step of faith, you've trusted God, and it should be a pretty incredible step because you've trusted him to take away your sin. But what about in our walk with the Lord? What about even recently? Has God introduced some things in your life that weren't so much fun? But here's the thing. Are you trusting him in those things? Right now, I believe right now in Mary's life, even though Elizabeth says those things, even though she's going to sing a great song here in a minute, I believe in her heart there's turmoil. I believe she's trying to get, get her mind and her heart around this. Is this really real? Is this really going to happen? And what kind of ridicule am I going to face because of this? I am going to be talked about in this town for years because I'm going to take this step. And we need to ask ourselves, are we willing to do those things? So let's prepare our hearts and let's be people that we're going to walk with Jesus no matter what. And no matter what he asks us, we're going to say, I can't understand God, but let's do it. Let's stand up and pray. Father, I do, I thank you for your word. And Lord, I just thank you for the challenge that we have here tonight as we look at your word. And Lord, I know that for some of us, some of us, it's, some of us are walking through some tough times. And I know from my life experience, from things going on in my own life, that man, there's things that come our way that maybe aren't the most pleasant and aren't the most exhilarating but I also know that those are the things that you're doing in my life because you love me and you want to build me and you want to change me and you want to make me into the man of God that you see me as. So Lord, I pray that just as Mary had to take that step of faith and say, Lord, just do to me what your word is saying, I pray we would do the same and that we would be people willing to accept what you put in front of us. Not just accept what we think is right and good, but accept the things when you tell us things like you just revealed to Mary. Let us be those kind of people to trust you. And I'm gonna ask you to stay in an attitude of prayer for a couple more minutes, and maybe you are here tonight, and and you know what, as you're here, uh, maybe somebody invited you, maybe you just like dropped in or whatever, and you know what, and you don't know Jesus. And tonight is the night. Right now is the time to make a decision. So here's the thing, this one we read about who's gonna come and sit on the throne of David forever and be be the Messiah. He came for one reason, to die on the cross so that you and I can have forgiveness. And so it's it's kind of a strange thing, I understand to trust that somebody did something 2,000 years ago that can influence my life today. But that's the reality. That's the truth 
of what's going on. Jesus went to the cross, paid the penalty for your sin, for my sin, which is he took the wrath of God upon himself so we can have eternal life. So tonight, if you want to take advantage of that, so to speak, if you want that to become a reality in your life, then you got to talk to him. you got to let God know that you want to accept that. And, hey, all you have to do is say a prayer. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Some people say, are you going to put words in my mouth? Well, kind of. Put some words in your mouth, give you that opportunity, and you can, you can say this prayer with me out loud, or you can say it silently. Hey, you might be watching online. You can say the prayer right where you're at. You don't have to be in this building. Maybe you're here tonight and you backslid. And man, it's Christmas time and God is working in your heart. He's kind of drawing you. Well, I like to say it this way. Well, now it's time to front slide. Come home. Come back to Jesus and let him know that you want to come back. So you can say this prayer with us. Jesus, tonight I confess to you that I am a sinner. I'm sorry that I sinned against you. And tonight, I'm asking you to forgive me. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for dying for my sin. And right now, I'm asking you to come into my heart and change me. Jesus, come into my life and guide me. I want you to be my Lord and my Savior. 